Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 20 of Aussie Talks. We've got an action-packed episode for you here today uh, with a lot of listener input. I've put some things out on my Instagram along with contacting a few people uh, to get their thoughts on some of the segments, uh, and that will be very present today. So we're going to be speaking about the Australian cricket team. We're going to be speaking about the sensitivity in the Royal Dale books and how the wokeness in the world has gone too far. And also, we've got a 60-second rant, uh, which I think will uh, sort of be everyone's feelings when it comes to uh, this particular thing that certain drivers have stopped doing. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. What do you think will come of that? I don't like the look of it. So it came out in the news uh, last week that the Royal Dale Publishers uh, have hired sensitivity writers to go through Royal Dale's classic books like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and change the language uh, because it's not. It needs to be more sensitive for the you know the, the people of today. So, first things first. They think these sensitivity writers know more than Roll Dahl, who sold over 300 million copies and is arguably the most famous and influential children's book writer in the history of the world. And, you know, has museums all over the world, has written iconic books, and they're going to bring sensitivity writers to come in and rewrite all these things. Now, these are some of the things that they've changed. And I really, you know, we've got so many issues in the world, and this is what we focus on as a society. So in James and the Giant Peach, they used to be called Cloud Men. Now it's called Cloud People, just in case we didn't want to offend any clouds that identified as non-binary or transgender. Uh, those clouds are now accepted in James and the Giant Peach. Uh, the Oompa Loompas and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory were described as small men. Now they're called small people, just in case the Oompa Loompas uh, wanted to change their gender. Uh, in Fantastic Mr. Fox, this one I think is my favourite, this one here. So there's a black tractor in uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, described as, described as the colour black. Uh, they've now changed it to colorblind tractor. I'm not making that up. Colorblind tractor. Yeah, great. Now, here's some other things. In Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Chocolate Factory, Augustus Gloop, the you know the the chubby fat bloke, uh, well he can't be called fat anymore. So I apologise. I want to make uh, my apology just then to the cancel culture woke mob. Uh, I just said the word fat, uh, and that's offensive. He can be called enormous. Uh, but fat is where we draw the line. And I'll touch on a little bit later on uh, what you guys think on some of the words that should be changed. Uh, Mr. Trunchbull in the classic Matilda, who, you know, we, we loved watching Matilda and reading it when we were kids. Miss, Miss Trunchbull had horse, a horsey face. You know, it wasn't a good face to look at, and that was the whole point of its character. It was a scary character, you know. That was that power dynamic in Matilda Rose, you know, to overcome that and overcome, you know, that school which was so, you know, overcoming bad things, which is a great lesson to children. Well, now Miss Trunchbull is no longer allowed to be called a horse. Is no longer having a horsey face, uh, just in case it offended any horses that were reading or watching the Matilda films uh, or books. Uh, by the way, in Royal Dale, there are no more mothers and fathers. Uh, every mention of that is now they are called parents. There is no mothers and fathers in Royal Dale. Uh, books from these sensitivity writers. Uh, in the Twits, now that's, remember as a kid, I used to read that one quite a lot. Uh, Mrs. Twit uh, was described originally in the book as ugly and beastly, 
and beastly. Uh, she can no longer be called ugly, uh, despite the fact she has a double chin uh, and is covered in measles and everything like that. She is just allowed to be referred to as beastly. So there are some of the changes, not even all the changes that we've seen in the Raw Dahl sensitivity riders. Um, so I put up on my Instagram story a post that came out saying that they were going to change less of, or make words fat and ugly less offensive. So I was thinking, what are some less offensive words that, you know, can replace the words fat and ugly? So I spoke to the people. You know, I put it up on Instagram, and, and here's some of the responses. I'll, I'll read back some of them. Oversized, above average build, and unique. Far out that person there might be a sensitivity rider. That's a very good way of putting it. Overweight and unattractive. Wide and dilated. Uh, monstrous and disgusting. Yep. Large and unattractive. Obese and unattractive. Uh, rotund. Uh, you know, in terms of ugly, it could be head like a drop pie. Head like a kicked in. Head like a kicked in biscuit tin. Head like a half de- half eaten pasty. Uh, lard or tubby. Uh, I think this one's really good. Anyone who is offended by the words fat and ugly. Uh, He's definitely fat and ugly, but, you know, just have a look at the sensitivity writers. Go have a look. Go to Google. I don't need to do it for you. You can go have a look who these sensitivity writers are. Uh, Some other ones is someone who has eaten well, Uh, someone who comes back for second and third helpings. You know, that's a really polite way of saying someone uh, is fat. So maybe that's what we need to change uh, in these Royal Dahl books. There's some other ones. Has a face only a mother could love. Porky. More rolls in a bakery. Fugly. So... That's just some there of, of, of what you guys think as the listeners is less offensive terms for fat and ugly. Now, we, we can joke about this and we can have a laugh about it and think, oh, geez, we've got so many issues going on and this is what we focus on, uh, you know, an iconic children's writing uh, company, the hiring sensitivity writers that think they're better than one of the most iconic children's writer, book writers ever who sold over 300 million copies uh, over all his years of writing. But this is where this censorship, this uh, limitation of speech, the cancel culture, the woke stuff comes in. You go back through history and when, you know, communist um, regimes uh, reigned true, they cut down on all this sort of language and changed it. They're rewriting history with stuff like this. Like, seriously, cloud, cloud men in James and the Giant Peach are now cloud people. Seriously? Seriously. Oompa Loompas, like arguably one of the most iconic characters in like children's movies. Small people. Small people. Yeah, that's good. So, look, that's a bit of an input uh, from me, from the sensitivity writers, from yourself, uh, from from the listeners there. Thank you all for, for those who put in their responses to uh, the sensitivity writers' uh, response to uh, make it that the words fat and ugly are not as offensive anymore. So those are some of the changes, and it's good to see we're focusing on the big issues uh, that currently face us in the world. All right, it is now time for 60 Second Rant. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Now, in this uh, segment of 60 Second Rant, uh, it is about something that really I've noticed more as I've started driving uh, and being on my P-plates. Um, as the famous Superwog is about to explain here, uh, giving the thank you wave is clearly a part of the Australian culture, and those who don't do it deserve consequences. Yeah, because I let him in and he didn't give me the thank you wave. Oh, that's bullshit. Not even a quick hand gesture? Nothing. It doesn't matter. A thank you wave isn't a real road rule. What the fuck? Not real? Are you joking me? When someone lets you in, 
goes out of their way, out of their daily life, to slow themselves down just to let in another car, then they deserve a thank you wave. And they don't give you the thank you wave, what would you do? I'd beep him. I'd beep him, and then I'd cut him off. I'd fucking beep So as you can tell there, it is an essential part of the Australian culture that you give a thank you wave. So I've got 60 seconds up on the clock. It is running and we are going three, two, one, we're underway. Now, it is a key part of the Australian lingo, the Australian language, the Australian way, the Australian mateship to give a wave. You, If you have to stop on, you know, you got a, a small side street. If you have to almost park your car and stop to let another car come through, you give a thank you wave. I don't care who you are. If you're driving on a highway and you let someone in, that other person should give you a wave through the back of their car or at the side of their car whatever if you do not i'm sorry we need to implement a new rule for on the spot 50 dollars fine you get a dash cam you put it on top you know just where you're driving you record it anyone who doesn't give you the thank you wave you send it into victoria police they have a unit that investigates it on the spot 50 dollars fine end of sentence australian mateship is built on the fact that you give a wave when you're driving you let people in you let other people you go out of your way to let other people you know and do things of their day and not be, you know, a, a hardship on someone's day. And the fact that you do not give a thank you wave, I don't care who you are, you deserve to get abused, plain and simple. So that's 60 seconds. Um, give a thank you wave. Any listeners out there who drive, give a thank you wave because otherwise you deserve to get abused because it is the Australian culture and we're going away from that. Thank you waves need to be made a part of road rules. It's a house of cards and it's crumbling at the moment for Australia. Bowls here, swings and he's bowled! Knocked over, tried to sweep, went it hard, had his off stump bent back. Janais is on a hat trick. Australia is 7 for 95. They've lost 4 for none. Now, this segment is going to be based on the Australian cricket team and arguably their worst 90 minutes of batting in the last 20 years. Uh... There's no other way to say it. When I did my last episode of this podcast, it was reviewing day one of the cricket and saying it couldn't have gone a hell of a lot worse. Uh, well, it definitely could have. In that test, we got rolled for 91 in the second innings, which is our, which was our lowest at the time uh, since South Africa 2016 Hobart test, which we got rolled for 85. Looking into the second test, going into day three, you know what? You could probably make an argument that we were probably favourites going into the day. One for 60, you know, the game... You know, we're 60 runs ahead. Uh, you know, Travis Head looks good at the, the top of the order. You know, you, you got a batting lineup that, that has batted deep and did okay in the first innings um, and sort of strung it along with the tail. And then we basically lost 9 for 30 uh, or 9 for 40 or something. One of the most disgusting displays of cricket and uh, just flat out wrong philosophy uh, when it comes to sweeping the ball. At the end of the day, we came into it thinking we've got a sweep, we've got a sweep, we've got a reverse sweep. Uh, I don't think anyone really played a shot with a straight bat, uh, which was incredibly disappointing. And as someone who tuned in and watched all of day three, uh, it was incredibly disappointing to see that. And it begs a lot of questions on whether this current regime is got the, uh, the mental strength to fight through hard days like that. Now, I will say that India bowled incredibly well and full credit to them, but we made it way too easy for them. Now, you're used to hearing my thoughts when it comes to these things on this podcast, especially when it comes to the Aussie cricket team. But what I have done is I've reached out to some cricket lovers who are listeners of this podcast, and I want to get their thoughts on what they 
It's what they think the series has gone so far, how they think it's gone, and how we can improve. And now, some of them are very diplomatic in their response. They're, they're saying we're going to bounce back, uh, and that's one side of looking at it. And then we have the complete opposite, where I think one person said uh, that we needed to port them all home. So take a listen to uh, what some of these fellow listeners think and uh, make your own conclusion on which side and what type of reaction you believe uh, we should be having as an Australian public for what was, in my opinion, a very disappointing performance with the bat. So enjoy these thoughts from our fellow listeners. Australian cricket teams in absolute shambles, mate. It's absolutely, it's just embarrassing, to be honest. Yeah, pretty much how you would expect it, but confusingly bad in the way that they went about losing. Horrible start for Australia. Um, very expected, though, I would have thought, um, with a spinning surface in India against Ravi Ashwin. Great player. And mainly one of the reasons I go for England now, to be honest. The Aussies have been poor. The game plan with the bats being wrong. But we'll bounce back. I think the Australian cricket team at the moment has just got their... They've just got their philosophy wrong. Like, the way they're going about playing spin and just playing in general is just wrong. Despite the Australian cricket team being subject to a range of scrutiny uh, as of recent from the media in regards to results surrounding test matches over in India. I think um, we're still travelling quite well. However, especially over there on the Indian pitches, just need to really get back to the basics and just play smart cricket. Uh, proper cricket shots, none of this white ball reverse sweeps and all that crap. My thoughts on Australia currently in India are fucking wank, Sherm. Wank. And if I'm being honest, I'll deport every single one of them back home. Except the Queenslanders. They go all right. Thanks, Sherm. Ah! Well, there you go. That is some of the listeners there and some of my good mates with their thoughts on the Australian cricket team. And I have saved one listener's thoughts, uh, the big fella Dex, who has been on the podcast in episode four. His thoughts will be played after this segment, and please stick around for that because it will make you all feel smarter. Uh, That's not an insult to you, Dex, but I reckon once you listen back to this, mate, uh, you'll realize what a terrible mistake you've made. But the common theme in that, you know, we had some reactions that were, or some thoughts that, you know, we could bounce back. You know, we're still traveling all right. Some words and some phrases that came up very frequently is shambles, embarrassing, terrible in the way they've lost. And I think that's a really key one. Australia's lost series before. You know, you, you look at the last time India was here, we lost you know, a series where we bowled them out in the first test for 36 and we lost the series. But we still went about it and gave it 110%. Our skill just wasn't good enough. Our skill, this Australian cricket team, we're a decent side. You know, we're not beating India and India. Whether we beat England and England is going to be very interesting. But we've just lost in terrible ways. We haven't put up a fight. It's like we lose a couple of wickets and just go to shit. Um... You know, another thing that came up is that it's expected, and I think that's that's fair enough. We have really struggled to play on spinning wickets. Um, you know, if you look at the Pakistan series, they had to prepare dead set dirt roads um, 
or sorry, concrete concrete slabs rather, um, for both teams who actually bat and bat and bat. When we went to Sri Lanka, there wasn't big scores at all on turning wickets. Uh, you know, we got rolled in the second inning in the second test um, in the second innings of, of that series. So I think this is a team that does struggle on turning wickets. But I think we struggle more with the mental side of turning wickets. It's like we've got to sweep, we've got to sweep. You know, all these data analytics and everything like that of, you know, all these data analysts and like, okay, we've got to sweep. This is the way to go. This is how we beat, you know, Ravi Ashwin, who's arguably, he's probably the best bowler in Indian conditions full stop um, and Jadeja who's the best all-rounder in the world um, yeah in other words it was just poor the philosophy shit I, I think that's 100% whether that is an, a coaching thing whether that's a playing group thing uh, whether that's just buying in the, the players are reading what's been written in the media uh, it's just been just been average and too many white ball cricket shots as someone said there it, you know I've always said that as soon as uh, we've started to take our focus away from Sheffield Shield cricket, uh, that's when we haven't been able to produce the teams that we have in the 2000s of Warren, McGrath, you know, Langer, Hayden, Ponting, Hussey, Clark, Gilchrist, the list goes on and on. Uh, you know, we haven't been able to produce those type of teams since because of such a high focus on white ball cricket. Uh but yeah, that's that's sort of, you know, I agree for the most part with some of the listeners there. Uh, I gotta say, and I reckon a lot of you, when you heard it, will be surprised. Yes, that is an Australian right there saying they go for England. Uh, Robbo, mate, it is now out in the world. It's it's very well known now in the public, uh, and you'll be named, mate. So there you go. Um, but yeah, so thank you very much to those uh, listeners and my mates who I spoke, uh, reached out to and got back to me. And I want to leave you with Dex and his response to Australian cricket. Again, listen to it extremely carefully and uh, hopefully it should brighten every single one of your days uh, and stop you from thinking about how our Australian cricket team, in my opinion right now, is in shambles in Indian conditions. Australia sucks. Genuinely sucks fucking ass. If I if I had a finger, I'd probably chop it off. All right, that is the end of episode 20 of Aussie Talks. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh it has been a fun episode to make, having a lot more interaction with the listeners. Uh, and thank you to those who interacted with the social media posts I put out about the offensive Royal Dahl uh, words and the sensitivity around those. And also for those who got back to me for the cricketing thoughts. It's something I'm wanting to do a lot more of, get a lot more community engagement uh, to try and grow this podcast and also grow uh, the interest around it. But thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, As a parting message, just make sure we all got our fingers on, Uh, you know, make sure we don't lose our fingers because we need to pray for Dex, who apparently does not have any fingers because if he had a finger, he would cut it off with the way the Australian cricket team is playing. But uh, like I said, you make us all laugh, Dex, and we love you for that, mate. So thanks for listening once again. Take care, and I will see you all in episode 21 